Football is back, and BetMGM is inviting new customers to join the huddle and enjoy the action like never before. Sign up today using bonus code CHAMPION, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. Okay, 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 okay. Welcome back, welcome back to another episode of God Pill Wisdom Show uh, with your host, 
Marcus Hart, as well as my good brother, uh, God Pill himself, August V. <laughs> Augustus V. Augustus V. I said August. I'm thinking about August. August coming to. <laughs> yeah. How's it going? How's it going? I'm going great, and I'm also. We also are joined uh, also here today uh, by uh, Marianne uh, Petrie. Marianne's with us as well. Uh, so we we also we thank Marianne um, uh, for being here with us. Uh, it's definitely a pleasure to have you. How are you doing today, Marianne? I'm doing fine. How are you guys doing? Oh, are we doing? Yeah, not not bad, not bad at all. Yeah, indeed. Uh, it's it's definitely uh, good to have you. Um, so uh, be, before before we you know uh, get get into um, you know today's topic, um, you know um, as uh, many can um, see, I do have scroll. We got our we we got new graphics. <laughs> uh, so uh, you you will see that uh, today's topic is scrolling down at the bottom. Uh, you will see that um, you have the call to action in the corner there to uh, to go ahead and uh, share this wonderful program uh, with someone. Uh, and you know, uh, make sure you do follow us on IG at God Pill Wisdom. And um, Augustus, uh, won't you go ahead and tell everybody our slogan? <laughs> oh man, I gotta write this down someday. Um, <laughs> uh, welcome everyone to the God Pill Wisdom Show, where you can take the God Pill, the only pill that will give you His wisdom. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. That's that's definitely, definitely what we're looking to do here today. Uh, provide uh, some wonderful wisdom. Um, yeah, so you know, um, feel free if you got questions here today. You know, uh, we are live. Make sure you uh, do put your questions in the chat box if you have any um, questions or if you got comments. Comments are also appreciated. Uh, we are able to um, monitor the the comments. Uh, I can see uh, the comments. I can see your questions coming through. If you have any questions about today's program here today, um, we definitely will appreciate uh, anything you have to say, anything you want to chime in on, or or, or as our wonderful guests about today. Um, uh, so, uh, with that being said, let me let me just do a little formal uh, uh, formal introduction about our guest. Our guest is a book author. Uh, she also has uh, mastered and been able to you know win the two out of three wins at the Superior Court. Uh, she her website is dismantlingfamilycourtcorruption.com. Uh, you can visit visit there for more information about the book and much much more. And uh, while while I'm at it, uh, I will bring up a, a quick little image of the book. There, there is the, there you are. Uh, so there is the image of the book uh, that should be pop, popping up monetarily on the screen there. Uh, as you know, she helps others navigate through the family court system. Uh, this this terrible family court system that pins everyone against each other and just they're nasty. They're very nasty. Um, they, she helps them to represent themselves. Discussing court, and she also discuss. She's going to discuss today uh, court induced PTSD. How to handle yourself in court, in the courtroom. That is uh, dress for courtroom. Uh, she helps you talk about video cameras in the courtroom, uh, child support, uh, suicides, non-custodial parent issues, children committing suicide in the foster care, and the fund in the title. 
uh, 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 or B, uh, CPS, that is, uh, and D, uh, child support, and E, foster care incentives, and the debtor's uh, prison um, pipeline. We, we all know that that is terrible as well. She has some videos on YouTube that you want to uh, look at. We have those links in the description, in the description of this particular program so feel free to check those out at your leisure time as well uh she has a facebook um you know um called humanly uh, dot possible channels um which um she said is which is uh, which is an interview on that particular uh channel you can visit there and um the movie uh we are she's working on the movie as well uh so hopefully the movie is still in the works uh, and will be out soon so mm-hmm. So Marianne, you know, um, so much to cover here, so much we to talk about, uh, but uh, we definitely want to get get this information out. We definitely want to talk talk more. Uh, so, uh, so with that being said, where would you like to start? It's so sad that we have so many topics <laughs> to discuss yeah. that have to be discussed, so people are aware of what's going on in society and what's happening to people when they walk into the family courtroom thinking that there will be justice and it's not going to happen and when you walk into the family courtroom it's a season of giving back that's why kia is expanding our partnership with saint jude children's research hospital and making a donation for every eligible new car purchase during the holidays through kia's accelerate the good program kia movement that inspires Kia will donate $8 for every new Kia vehicle that is purchased or leased at authorized Kia dealerships and delivered to retail customers between November 11th, 2022 and December 31st, 2022. With a guaranteed minimum donation of $1 million to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. See kia.com slash season of giving back for details. There is no jury, and that is also a problem. Parents have said, well, we want juries in there, but uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, We've yet to see it happen. Right. My suggestion would be to have four video cameras, one on the judge, one on the witness stand, and two facing the pews mm-hmm. with two individuals as a panel just going through the case as it, as it progresses and then evaluating it to make sure the judge is responding appropriately and... I mean, there has been instances where judges have just outright screamed at uh, opposing attorneys, the inner counsel, bad behavior, judge behavior, and that needs to be monitored with these video cameras, and they should be doing their jobs. And if we had two individuals overseeing this, that I think could help a lot. Yeah, I, I can't agree more. You know, um, you definitely are on the right track there. Uh, you definitely are really uh, are touching some things that you know, um, you know, that's just not there right now. Um, and you know, uh, it, it's you know, me, you, we we talked about this before, and we we talked about it more extensively, you know, after the show, uh, which is you know why we we are here now. Uh, so let's, let's start with, you know, just why, you know, you know, uh, why you want, you know, why the, the big stress about 
cameras in the courtroom? Well, because these judges doing whatever they want with no accountability to anyone, and they're making rulings, and there could be bias, collusion, like in my case with the opposing attorney and the judge, they were friends being together in the courthouse for a of time, and then now doing favors for each other. And I really think if we had the video cameras at least in there, it would catch a lot of perjury coming from CPS workers as well, um, on top of how the judge is treating the target. And this needs to be monitored. Also, I did read somewhere that in New York State, they were using video cameras when CPS would interview a child, which is excellent, and I think they should be heavily monitored um, when they are interviewing a child without their there. The parents yeah. should be present. No one should be going into a school. And the school, in fact, I had called the school and said, what is your protocol? And they said, we let the caseworker come in and put the room with the child and let them talk. And I said, oh, there's no involvement. There's no one taking notes in. Wow. And wow. this is like, I was shocked, to be honest. So that's a stop. And complete thought was, why not just get rid of CBS? Serve no purpose but families. And when some child is getting murdered, they're daily and it's all short. So why not just get rid of them? And when there's an issue with a child being abused, there should be a certain police task force set up and to be called and not an independent contractor agency that's coming up with their own rules and regulations. There should be a special task force with the police that you would call that number. And if you were to call that not negation, you would also have to give your name to that officer. There would be no more. It would probably cut down on the false accusations with people trying to a parent or they're just trying to get the upper hand in a case before they go into court. Right. That's where these false allegations come into it to help them further their advantage is to make a false allegation and that puts the uh, target parent right in that position. Wow. Yeah, what, what, what do you have, um, Brother Augustus? I, I, uh, I, you know, before, before I chime back in. All right. Uh, this, is, uh, th- th- this is real big. Uh, with the uh, CPS or uh, Child Protective Services. But I would like to know um, from Ms. Petri, um, let, let's say, God forbid, that uh, CPS or for our listeners, uh, Child Protective Services, say if they were here to stay, right, um, what would it take to weed out the bad apples uh, in, you know, in the uh, staffing process process? Uh, or uh, in the uh, in their methods, you know, there there was a you know, if there was a way to do so, you know, what uh, what would be you know uh, the specific things that would have to be weeded out for a better CPS, you know, a CPS of the future per se, or a new 
CPS, uh, what, what would you say that would be? Okay, if you're going to keep them around, then they've mm -hmm. got to do their job more than they would have to be trained in psychology mm. and they would have to be trained in personality disorder bipolar mm. and borderline they would have to have a around those personality disorders people that continuously call in false allegations there mm. are 70 percent of these callers are false unfounded allegation indications wow. Wow. So, why are these kids entertaining this? Mm -hmm. So, in my opinion, <laughs> they should be adept into seeing, oh, he's calling back again. Oh, she's calling back again. This is the third time she's called. This is the sixth time he's called. Okay, so mm -hmm. he's on a list. Have these people on a list. Right. They're wasting mm -hmm. our time. We need mm -hmm. to get to the people that need help. Mm -hmm. And we should also look into reunification of families instead of destroying them. Mm -hmm. It would be nice to have them get incentive families together and right. working with families. Just because a family's poor doesn't mean you take their kids away. Yeah. That is exactly. apprehensible. It's, that's the word. Mm -hmm. There's got to be you just they just have way too much power and needs to be taken they need to have better higher standards which means they would have to pay their caseworkers more and their mm -hmm. caseworkers would have to have a better title than caseworker perhaps mm -hmm. maybe licensed social worker and hire these people uh, with some experience in parental alienation so when they get these phone calls, false and fraudulent, and they could say, yeah, that's it. Fourth time he's called, that's the sixth time she's called, and they've this going on. Okay, so we can figure this out. They're trying to railroad the other parent. They mm. should have more agents than what they have. Right, right. And the only way to do that is to have them have more education and to pay them more, maybe they care about their jobs more. Maybe they care about ripping a family apart and think about it first before they do that. Mm -hmm. And get an incentive to put a child into foster care. This yeah, absolutely, definitely. Um, I have no words. Mm. Wow. That's gotta that's gotta stop. That Title Four E funding for foster care that, that needs to stop. I think there there are cases where a child is getting beaten up and they need to be placed. And I think if someone really wants to help that it's a season of giving back. That's why Kia is expanding our partnership with St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and making a donation for every eligible new car purchase during the holidays through Kia's Accelerate the Good program. Kia, movement that inspires. Kia will donate $8 for every new Kia vehicle that is purchased or leased at authorized Kia dealerships and delivered to retail customers between November 11, 2022 and December 31, 2022, with a guaranteed minimum donation of $1 million to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. See kia.com slash season of giving back for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Child, it shouldn't be involving money. Um, <laughs> maybe a... a stipend but maybe not such a high amount that they're getting because a lot of these foster parents they've got say kids in one house is what i'm seeing in the news so why don't we cut that incentive to some point Mm -hmm. i don't know cut it cut it in half do something with it Mm -hmm. i understand they're taking on enough to feed but it shouldn't be about money. It should be caring about getting that child back to a normal way of life after being abused mm. and not have it be just a focus. Right. Exactly. How many kids can we get in our house so we get that other car we want? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. 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 I mean, but it seems like there's no accountability there, you know, um, for where the what what the funds are being used for, anyways, um, that's that's a huge problem. They're usually just ch- changing changing nothing. Like, hey, oh yeah, I, I did go out and buy them a, a new pair of Jordans, and you know, and um, but really that wasn't wasn't the case. You know, uh, they actually went out and like you said, bought a new car. They got got a new hairdo every, you know, every uh, first and the fifteenth, and. Um, so and you know while while these these kids in childcare, you know are are, are dirty and you know and um, right. and worse worse conditions than what they were when they went with when when they went with, with, with the biological parents. So, and that's an excellent point because there's an ability right. anywhere not with the judiciary not with the attorneys now we're in foster care and I think if you're going to be a foster parent you're going to have to save all your receipts and then there should be someone coming around looking up on all your receipts and what you've purchased for that child well you know and what has showed us that you know you you're able to you know to divert funds where you want to divert to be diverted to you know um you know you can you know put it on a special card and you know, put the phone on special cars and like, and then, and then there, they could be, you know, um, and, um, it won't seats, you know, because, you know, um, it'd be drafted directly from uh, the, the trust account. Um, and then they can easily see, you know, okay, okay, this is what is, you know, the, and, um, that card, card won't be allowed to, um, make purchases, but like, you know, I guess whoever's lobbying, um, uh, these, these politicians, you know, they're not, and I guess that's too much logic. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they should have a certain card they give them that they can purchase things. And that would show up just like you said, that was perfect. That's what should be happening. <clears throat> wow. There has to be accountability and where's the money going? Who's going? Right. And the right. taxpayer needs to know where the, their money's going. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Yeah, this is um, you know, it, I, I'm hearing, I'm hearing money. It just keeps coming up, you know. And um, I, I, I don't mean to get biblical here, you know, but there's two two passages that you know we hear being quoted uh, often. You know, uh, the love of money is the root of all evil, you know. Um, but then they have scripture that says uh, money answered all, you know, so I'm you not know, money, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm wondering um, to, 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 uh, to hear this from you. Uh, can we see progression with a high powered, say, like a, a high powered figure, a maybe a Bill Gates or a LeBron James, you know, or Elon Musk, you know, uh, to advocate for the people is this a possibility and um with the ability if so can this have any impact on our system it would be nice if lebron or someone would come forward um that would speak up off of the children in foster care Mm -hmm. um i know there is what it's called cut 50 that they're going through the prisons and looking and reevaluating cases that people have been sentenced to extremely long sentences for they hardly did anything. And so we need people, maybe a sports figure to come along and advocate kids that are stuck in foster care and that system that bring this to light. Yeah. Yeah. It would be great. I mean yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, and you know, that's that's something that, you know, um the the people we that's something that it usually comes down to in the court. That's what it seems like, you know. We want to believe the best that, you know, um that uh our our judges are there to see the best circumstance or the best situation but you know we want to know that each lawyer that's involved case is really seeking you know uh justice and however they see it but at the end of the day you know it's starting to really look like big bank takes little bank it's it's unbelievable what goes on in cases um i can tell you about uh one of my cases in 2013, the judge ruled against us. And I didn't know what to think of that because it was kind of like a HIPAA violation type of case. Mm. <laughs> and the judge ruled for <laughs> the other side. I'm thinking, this is a HIPAA violation. How, how are we getting away with this? Yeah. And then two years later, we're back in front of him again. In fact, um, in my book, he is, uh, he is mentioned... Uh, he was one of the first judges we had to go through, and mm-hmm. he was the one that recused a vague relationship 20 years ago with his spouse. I used to work for her. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, you're recusing yourself now. Why didn't you do that in 2013? Mm-hmm. As far as the accountability, he right. should have recused himself back then. Right. And I was... And that's when all the hell broke in my case. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my. So there has got to be accountability and some oversight, uh, not just with, say, an administrative judge or who, or 
sometimes they call them president judges, whatever. There has got to be someone over them, overseeing them. Mm-hmm. They're out of hand doing their own thing and making up as they go along. And, mm-hmm. we, and we, as as parents and as kids, we were taught in school, oh, there's justice you know, in the courtroom, there's fairness. Right. Don't right. don't kid yourself. <laughs> don't right. kid yourself. My my. Yeah, you you really you know um, hitting on some excellent points here. Um, really really like you know where the conversation is going. Uh, I'm ju- I'm just curious um, about just uh, again going back to the the. The court induced trauma. Um, that how this does amounts uh, to impact uh, a you know a mental illness. You know, um, essentially, orientation. Um, it's, it's it's psychological. Um, you know, I mean the the abuse and you know and the the countless tragedy. You know. Um, experience from from the exploitation uh that you know that, that's going on you know is uh the psychological trauma um now would would it be is it almost fair to say that if you know if this was able to be you know reversed that like you know um these courts would be you know uh due to pay back some um some type of return back to the to, to the millions of countless families that they have corrupted there should be some type of retribution uh, payout to these families that have been ripped apart and torn apart and what people don't realize and you go to try to explain this to people what I've been through in family court and they're listening but they're they just don't understand until they have to go through it themselves which I wouldn't want anyone to and this court-induced legal abuse that's post-traumatic stress disorder is not anything uh, to play with. It has caused and wreaked havoc in people's lives to the point where they cannot function even in their jobs. And even in my case, I was a registered nurse, and I was... I remember working in the ER and I had a caseworker call me and bear in mind, I'm taking care of four very sick patients and she starts screaming at me and I said, wait a minute, am I being indicated on these emotional abuse charges? And she screamed at me, when you're indicated, you'll be the first to know and I'll be the first one to tell you something to that effect. And I completely hopped the phone because I had to get my act together to take care of these patients that were very sick. And I had to focus on these patients. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, you're, you're just so shocked that someone would have the uncouthness. Is that a word? Uncouthness? Yeah. That, yeah. that would <laughs> call you up and just start screaming at you at your mm-hmm. Who does that? Mm-hmm. And this is why we need caseworkers that are intelligently educated yeah. in psychology with the licensed social work degree. Maybe that's what it has to take. Someone who has and 
decency to treat parents that that did not need to happen. But um, that's what causes this post-traumatic stress disorder. You've got these caseworkers screaming at you, then you're going into court, and then you've got a judge that's haphazardly taking the advice of a caseworker with a minimal degree of, say, I don't know, child development. I, I don't know what their degrees are in, but it's not in what it should be. Mm-hmm. And when these judges are even talking with the kids, they're really not even listening to the kids. At least mine were not even listened to. Uh, they'll just come up and make up their own conclusions because they listen to the caseworker mm-hmm. and you're there thinking to yourself, okay, my kids are sequestered with a judge. And t- I wonder mm-hmm. what they're saying. Who, okay, here's a good point. Who drove the, the kids to the courthouse? The judge should actually sit back and say, hey, Johnny, who drove you to the courthouse? And if he says, dad, okay, well, what did dad tell you to tell me? Mm. Okay, Mm because these kids are being heavily coached and having to live with a personality disorder. And if they don't tell the judge what this parent expects them to tell the judge, it could be hell when they get home right Mm. and the judge should uh, figure out and realize and be able to pinpoint when they see a a child being when a child uses adult language the judge should sit back and say why would they say uh, we'll say mom needs such help why would that come out of an eight-year-old's mouth for instance right um you know, or if a child were to say, well, I'm worried about my dad. He's upset. I just get worried. Then that would be coming from a child. But when right. a child says, right. okay, these judges can't differentiate that. They <laughs> can't differentiate that. They're just <laughs> going by what uh, a child is saying. And in my case, my kids were saying we want to go back and forth between the houses as we had been 50 50 for 10 years Hmm. and the judge really didn't want to hear it because he was in collusion with the opposing attorney so they wanted a non-custodial parent to pay the bill that was the goal of family court because it's a battlefield it's like you are gladiators in a battlefield Mm -hmm. and my attorney said, well, we take the high road. I'm thinking the high road is getting us nowhere. Right. Yeah. It's burying me. You're getting paid whether, you know, the day ends or not. You, you get yeah. And I'm not getting to see my kids. And this also leads us into another issue that parents talk about is, well, when a parent is in contempt, Say the judge order, orders visitation hours, and the other parent does not comply. You, you would go to the house while the lights are on, and there's no one home. <laughs> so there you are sitting around waiting 20 minutes, and you've waited your 20 minutes. You drive home, and then you call your lawyer and say, 
I didn't get to see my kids. So you can, this furthers litigation. Mm. And the judge should be able to recognize that when a parent is withholding a child from the other parent and they're doing it multiple times, in my case, the visitation was not followed and it was ordered by two judges, visitation hours, and they just weren't followed. Mm-hmm. And I did not get to see my children for about three months because of that. And huh. we tried to hold contempt, but the judge really didn't. No, it was just a slap on the wrist. He just yelled at the ex and told him to follow the order. He didn't do, but we had to go back into court again. See what I mean? Right. And wow. other parents say, well, they should be put in prison if, if they're going to not let you see your kids and that parent should be sitting in prison well prison isn't the answer either and i'm i'm telling you this because i know we had talked for but i had to go into prison for non-support which should never have happened anyway but my son had an altercation with his father when he found out that i was in sitting in prison and then he'd go to school where he'd be teased and picked on by his classmates because somehow they knew I was in prison. Mm. And I was only in there for five days. I have explained that in the book, but prison is not the answer for any parent. I think the judge should possibly find them. If, for instance, visitation, if you're not following the visitation order, then the that time gets to be made up with that other parent and we're going to fine you $1,200 and see how you like that. The way to get people to behave is when you hit them in the pocket. Yeah. Having, having a parent sit in prison is costing the taxpayers money and it's not solving the problem. Because some, some parents can probably tough it out in prison, not think anything of it. Oh, I'm only going to be in here for 12 days. Who cares? You know, what has that solved? And then well, you've got your child in more anxiety, worrying about that parent in prison, going being tormented, and then an altercation with a parent. What if that child would have, say, it's a season of giving back. That's why Kia is expanding our partnership with St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and making a donation for every eligible new car purchase during the holidays through Kia's Accelerate the Good program. Kia, movement that inspires. Kia will donate $8 for every new Kia vehicle that is purchased or leased at authorized Kia dealerships and delivered to retail customers between November 11, 2022 and December 31, 2022 with a guaranteed minimum donation of $1 million to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. See kia.com slash season of giving back for details. Best friends and Broadway superfans Jeff and Judy wait at the stage door every night to catch a glimpse of their idol Adina Menzel in the hilarious new comedy, Which Way to the Stage. And when a sexy stranger enters the scene and upends their friendship, Jeff and Judy have to go off book to rewrite their own finale. Called the best new comedy since theaters reopened by The Wrap and Zippy Fun by The New York Times, grab your best friend and see Which Way to the Stage at Signature Theater now through January 22nd. Get tickets at sigtheater.org. God forbid, even murdered that parent because they were upset. Yeah, their their yeah. beloved parent is in prison. Yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah. Huge possibility there. And these yeah. judges have realized that uh, 
this debtor's prison was abolished a long time, knowing that's pointless. I was listening on Facebook where uh, this female judge was sentencing this guy to almost the same sentence I had, two months or you pay the purge amount of $2,000. He said, Your Honor, I don't have any money in my bank account. That's me in the bank account. There's nothing there. She said, well, you'll have to go to prison and uh, until that is paid, until that purging, then we'll out. But the thing is, it's a whole money racket. I just put a blog onto my website, Dismantling Family Court Corruption. It was written by a family friend and myself, and it explains the whole money racket. Because what the judge is counting on is your coming up with money to bail you out. And if they smell money on you, they're going to figure, oh, I think we, we have a chance of them coughing this money up. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, they're this off. Because when I was in prison, I had to call my father and say, get me out of here or I'm coming out in a body bag. And so, yes, they got their money out of my 79-year-old father. Mm. That doesn't speak well of the judiciary or the justice system at all. And as well, I'm sure everyone is aware that prisoners are not getting any other prescribed medications in prison, which is a human rights violation. Mm. Yeah. And this is very and dangerous then, in terms of like chronic pain. You know, if you suffer from chronic pain, there's a lot of people. There's, I mean, you even got disabled. Um, you know, prisoners go in there. You know, in wheelchairs and can't get even get access to, you know, certain you know certain things. You know, for adaptations um, that can be real helpful. So this is a, a very yeah. um, uh, dangerous thing. You know, um, having. You know, been incarcerated myself, uh, and I've seen that I've seen this from my very own eyes, and um, and having a mental mental health illness myself, and I couldn't get access, you know, to a you know very important night medication that I needed, that you know, and um, and I had to make adjustments very quickly, and you know, uh, it's it's very dangerous. And. Mm. You cannot go off an antidepressant <clears throat> or an anti-anxiety medication cold turkey. It's very dangerous, especially if it's a benzodiazepine. And instead, that nurse is giving you Pepto-Bismol. She's giving you Valium. Or, um, yeah, Valium. And that's not going for anxiety and the medication that you were, you were prescribed by your physician and they completely blow it off. And that could cause you to go into seizures. And in my case, I got extremely sick. And and, and the, the weird part was, is I had gotten very sick, and that's written in the book. I was laying there in my cell, and I had a cellmate. So the guard says to the cellmate, can you keep an eye on her? And gotten sick, just keep an eye on her. Mm-hmm. And so the cellmate says, oh, yes, I will, yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, no, you're not. And as soon as that guard inmate put her covers over her head and went to sleep, 
And if you have a patient that, patient, I'm sorry, if you have an inmate that's very guard, there should be a guard sitting outside the door just observing to make sure nothing critical is happening. Mm. They're not doing it because they don't care. In fact, there was a case where uh, a man for non-support, get this, he only owed $1,000 out to do uh, work release. Mm-hmm. And he comes in, and they had it all on videotape. And as soon as he got in, and it was su- it was like summertime, he started holding on to the wall, and then he started sliding down the wall. And then other inmates were trying to help him, and they're trying to get help from the guards. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what had happened was the guards had put him in his cell. He had asthma; he couldn't breathe, wasn't able to breathe. And they let him go too long. I believe they waited 30 to 45 minutes before calling an ambulance. And by the time the ambulance got there, they had intubated him. And they got to the hospital. He was now in intensive care, intubated. And next day, he died. Oh, my goodness. Now, had they reacted quicker and called the ambulance right away as soon as he landed on the floor in that holding area when they got in from work release, they would have survived. But they lollygagged because they don't care. Wow. And I know people have a low opinion of prisoners, but I tell you what, there's a lot of innocent guys and females in prison that don't belong in there. And judges should know how to rule better. In fact... I was reading somewhere that a federal court judge got off the bench. He didn't want to be part of it mm-hmm. because he did not like the way the laws were set up of how he had to judge. And his ordering of someone, someone's sentence, he felt it was unfair. He didn't want to mm-hmm. Some people have scruples and morals, but for a lot of them, in my opinion, don't. Wow. Yeah, the federal... And they're saying that... Go oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to quickly yeah, say... Go ahead. I was just going to quickly say, and, you, and then I'll let you know, have it, Brother Augustus. Uh, the federal sentencing, right. sentencing guidelines certainly doesn't give any wiggle room uh, for these judges at all to do anything good. It's, it's really straight straight to the straight to the book and straight straight to whatever it says. And, and you can go ahead, Brother Augustus. Yeah, that's um, that's very true, you know. And a lot of uh, I'm hearing that a lot of people uh, with morals they're starting to uh, uh, resign as well in the uh, in the uh, um, health field uh, as, as well. Um, uh, a lot of people that seeing what's happening with this career, you know, they're, uh, they're they're throwing in the towel. A lot of the uh, health uh, people because they know that the answer is, is there. You know, and they're hidden from the public, the people that really have certain, and <clears throat> as long as they have that lab coat on, then they can't help anymore. You know, so a lot of people are starting to resign in that field as well. There's a lot of injustice in our justice systems, if you will. Right. I remember <clears throat> when I was a nurse, I got pulled to the maternity floor <laughs> from mm-hmm. 11 p.m. to 3 a. because I would help out for four hours if they needed help just mm. to get some extra money coming in. Mm-hmm. But um, I was up there, and I had to, 
it was time to take the baby back to the nursery. So I went in, in this room and I was shocked because I saw a prison guard with this. She had her ankle cuffed to the bed. Mm. Now I'm thinking to myself, gee, she just had a baby. I don't think she's in any condition to run anywhere. Right. Uh, um, that must be very uncomfortable to have your ankle in that position cuffed. Right. And so I you know, took the baby from her and put put the baby back to the nursery and I walked out because and that guard was sitting there and they, they would change guards out every eight hours but I, I thought that's just okay if you want to have a guard there great but I don't think you need to cuff a woman after delivering a baby right right I just uh it's just very um degrade well degrading and appalling mm-hmm. And I don't know, I didn't know what her charges were. I was just, I was kind of acting in a nurse's aid position to help them out. Mm-hmm. But the things you see, uh, just, you just leave work going, did I just see? Wow. My and I mean, when I was in prison, I had nice inmates. They were very spiritual women. And that night I had gotten really sick. I made it through that night, and I was praying to God, don't let me die in here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when I got up in the morning, um, a lot of the, they, all, all the inmates said, oh, I'm glad you're okay, and one woman praying for you all night. And I, th- I said, thank you, and I started to cry, because it was just an emotional, you're in an emotional upheaval when you're not getting your medications. You've had post-traumatic stress disorder from having gone through how many things with judges that aren't even looking back at your past word. They're just looking wow. at what your earning capacity is from three. Wow. They're not saying, okay, three years ago you were doing this, but then this happened. Okay, so this happened, and it, that was a tragic event that took place in your life, so now you're only able to make this um, this amount of money. So, okay, we're going to go from this amount of money they're not doing that they're coming up with a magical figure for everybody mm-hmm. and they expect you to pay it and if you can't they're going to expect your relatives to pay it mm. my goodness yeah i hope uh, i brought that around full circle i don't know if i did or not no, <laughs> I don't know. no you definitely did and you know um and as we're talking about you know just what's happening uh in prison you know it just made me think about you know, the good that, um, you know, whether you like her or not, you know, uh, Kim Kardashian, you know, the good things Kim, oh, yes. Kim, Kim Kardashian has doing. And um, this sounds like this would be a good piece to add to, you know, what she's doing. Um, you know, she's been doing a lot of good work, um, you know, in the prison population. Um, you know, um, you know, maybe we can, maybe we could, hopefully we may make a way to get, reach out to her. You know, that'd be, man, that'd be great. But, just just sharing and you know sharing and what you went through you know myself and you know and um as you mentioned you know the uh the court the court the constant back and forth the court doesn't really do do any uh doing add any justice at all there's no justice in the courtroom at all and um you never find any true justice even when 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 things is going on right on believe to be going in your favor you know, um, mm-hmm. and and that's just the f- fact of the matter. Just, 
you know, there's still uh, there's still losers uh, in you know in the game of the uh, court system. Uh, and so unless you, unless you you know um, behind behind that um, that judge's seat uh, now. As of, I'm just curious, you know, uh, you know what what do you feel, you know, um, would be some some real good steps here, you know, to to maybe just you know get more voices from the inside, uh, to you know maybe even just add their names or well not necessarily the names but just add their stories to, you know, um, your you know to yours and just maybe just make a make a bigger impact and louder voices. You know, maybe you know. Would you suggest that, like, family members who know of people uh, who who are going to similar things, just you know, maybe find a way to get those stories? Um, I know there is someone who's working on a book of um, families that have been going through the parental alienation, and they're getting their stories, and. Someone had asked me if I would do a, like a collection of other people's stories. And um, that would be a, a mammoth task. I'm not against it. I'll have to see how things go. There's People have so many stories, and a lot of stories are almost the same. It's kind of creepy that yeah. people are undergoing, oh, I had that judge too. In fact, when I was in prison, I was listening to people talk. And they said, well, this attorney, so-and-so, he represented me once, and we went into court once, and then I tried calling him, and he never answered his, his phone. I never heard from him again. And I piped up, that's what they do. They, they take your retainer fee, they represent you maybe once or twice, and then they split. And <laughs> it was funny because she was talking about my, my opposing attorney. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, yeah, that's him. <laughs> wow. Um, and then she was, then I heard some other inmate talking about a judge that um, apparently this inmate was was doing heroin. And this mm-hmm. is a young girl. Really, it should, should be a, a heroin facility, not a prison. That's not what they need. Mm-hmm. And she saw the judge yelled at my mother, like, how come I was doing this? And so then the judge looked at me and sentenced me to six more months in here. And mm. I'm thinking, what was that about? Mm. And I'm thinking, what we, need, we we need more stories of people and their tales of corruption. Mm. We also need, when we elect these judges, we are electing them for on the bench. When you mm. elect a judge for 10 years, they don't need tears on the bench. Right. Just give up. Right. And if they, if they do a good job, then they can go for re-election again mm. for another four years, kind of like a president, and then they're out. Right. Okay. And then um, also, I'm going to say it, and I said this to an attorney um, at a courthouse. I said, oh, um, it's nice to meet you. I never really see a black attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to offend you. I said, but, you know, do you want to run for judge someday? And he kind of laughed it off. And I said, but we need more judges. Yeah. We need more diversity in there. And we need such blood in there because we've got judges that have been on that bench for 20 years. They're tired. They want to take a nap. They'd rather go golfing. 
they need to just step back and let someone new come up. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to add to that. Um, we don't we, we, we don't just need more black judges and more black officials. We need more real black <laughs> judges and more real black officials. Because I know I can speak I can speak for, you know, the uh, uh, African-American community on this aspect. There's a lot of people that actually represent uh, the culture and uh, represent the people properly. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of, uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of African-Americans that don't have uh, morals. They don't have standards. And, you know, they, they won't look back that um, they're doing wrong. They rather look at the fact that they're a minority and they don't have to go through what uh, most minorities have to go through if they just, you know, uh, get on their knees and crawl and do whatever the system is doing, whether it's wrong or right. So I I love what you said, but I wanted to add more real black (laughs) officials, you know. With with morality and dignity and doing their job correctly. Yes. And not be enthralled with going to the club and socializing and discussing cases at a bar. Right. And um, having the case already tidied up before you walk in there the next morning and your case is heading out and going down the toilet. And I just just am so disgusted with the judiciary. And I believe it was Ben Franklin that there would be the downfall of the country. Mm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, we're seeing that that unfold in in our very eyes. Um, They they hold... um, in the country right now, um, rather people know that right now or not, uh, the Supreme Court alone right now uh, is right. Is, is... It's a season of giving back. That's why Kia is expanding our partnership with St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and making a donation for every eligible new car purchase during the holidays through Kia's Accelerate the Good program. Kia, movement that inspires. Kia will donate $8 for every new Kia vehicle that is purchased or leased at authorized Kia dealerships and delivered to retail customers between November 11, 2022 and December 31, 2022, with a guaranteed minimum donation of $1 million to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. See kia.com slash season of giving back for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ...in our lives, and um, in, from, from the mm. federal level all the way down to the uh, state state and local levels uh you know you have muni judges municipal judges that are you know in traffic even in traffic court you know you you, you're getting you know getting ridiculous you know things happen to people um you know that that shouldn't happen to people um so you know this is really the things that like um you know we should pay more attention to but instead they have they purposely you know, situate these these elections for these judges. You know, at, at, at the time of the year where we where we don't even recognize when, they're up, you know. So and it's 
normally you know um you know during the holidays or or uh when people are getting ready for springtime or you know uh, going into summer and you know and no one's never paying mm-hmm. attention mm-hmm. right and um so these i have well i'm not trying to change, change but there's mm-hmm. a lot of veterans sitting in prison with post-traumatic stress disorder and i can't remember the mm-hmm. percentage i have it on my phone but i can't find it i didn't know we would be talking about about this but my publisher um she has a program uh, loveyourveterans.org and she has gotten programs into the prison honor mentoring programs to help veterans and their family okay so and you've got people sitting in prison with traumatic stress disorder and we do need kim kardashian to come and look at some of these cases as well with spedens with traumatic stress disorder who's on some type of anti-anxiety while they're in there they have enough to deal with and when you hear those grating doors open and close that's to make your skin crawl oh yeah oh my god like um i remember remember being um inside you know when they first put me in the county jail when i was first arrested and they were banging on the on the on the on the sales and oh my god it drove me nuts for the first couple couple of weeks I, I you know i couldn't sleep i was on guard you know irritable you know mm-hmm. um uh, you mm-hmm. know um the very first time i went in, in into the jail um i i almost i almost got into fights you know so it you know it was very terrible for me you know uh being in that environment and i and i kept telling them like hey you know i'm a veteran i'm a veteran you know um i need i need my medication you know i i had to you know i had to make several phone calls uh, to the outside to get some assistance uh and find, uh, i had a social worker from the va hospital call and say hey you know um you know um you what you guys are doing is wrong and um you know he needs his medication so you know they finally got got me something but you know it was generic and you know mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad you brought that, that up thank, thank you thank you for that marianne well, it's a, and again, it's another human rights fight. And um, some of these veterans are also sentenced for ridiculous long years. Um, and we need Kim Kardashian. We should. I wish we could kind of clone her and make and have more of her helping, because there's so many cases with the uh, attorney general and the governor and. They need to look into a lot of these cases. Um, there's so many guys in there that are sitting there for that are innocent. I mean, for 30 years sitting in there innocent, then they come out and, and then they give them like a couple million dollars. Like, oops, we're sorry about that sentencing, and that's not right. That's just that's in fact on LinkedIn there was um, an article where. This judge ruled because this woman has a bunch of park fines. She did parking tickets. I don't know if you saw that parking tickets. So he or she, I can't remember who that. I don't know if they named the judge or not, but sentenced her to 456 days in prison over mm. parking tickets. I'm sure the taxpayer loved paying for that. What they did to her kids was they put the kids in the foster custody, and oh, the other one was wow. beaten up. 
Okay, so all of this over tickets, can we reevaluate what we're doing to these families? Yeah. Yeah. These judges using common sense, they have no common sense. My goodness. And when I read that, I like, I don't know. I, I was just, I reshared it and I just, I just couldn't believe what I was reading. And it, it's scary out there. And people, uh, un, unless you've read it or you know of someone that has gone through it, then you'll get it. But some people that are, have been fortunate enough not to have suffered through these systems have no idea. Mm. My goodness. And I also feel along with, you know, the, the non-support um, going to debtors prison is ridiculous. We should totally end or de-incentive. And I was talking to Keith Marsalek on uh, Facebook and he said it would have to be repealed and it, it's a billion dollar a year business. Don't want to part with that money. So Title 4D will always be around, but I hope it won't. Um, in fact, there's a movie called Erasing Family. And I really kind of didn't want to watch it because it's kids talking about how they have been suffering through parental alienation. But I thought I got to watch it because my kids are suffering through parental alienation. <laughs> and it was fascinating. And once I was watching it, I, I couldn't take my eyes off it. But <laughs> the movie brought up Sweden's model of divorce, which mm. was fascinating because they don't run into a courtroom. They mm. do say they do have incidences of high litigation, but not like not as much as the United States uh, is having. Because when they want to get divorced, they sit down and they drop their own document of how they want to pay for their children's expenses and do the 50-50 shared parenting. Mm. I mean, unless there's unless there's some child abuse going on otherwise they you could follow this model which my ex and i were doing until the third party entered the church yeah, and i'm saying that that model is doable it's it is it, it's dual if people are mature right right yeah and that's usually what it t- boils down to is um you know being able to you know um co-parent with someone um who's on a you know, at least, you know, um, somewhat uh, maturity level as you. Um, sometimes, you know, we have to uh, compromise, um, you know, even even when we don't, you know, feel like we we, we like the person anymore. Uh, sometimes, you know, you have to put the kids first and, and, you know, just make it a business transaction, you know. You know, even, you know, even uh, in business, you know, you don't, sometimes you don't have, you don't serve everyone you like, but. You have to serve everyone, and, and so if you can bring that mentality to it, you know, um, usually you can accomplish some things. Um, you know, unless yeah, so you're absolutely right. It's a business transaction, and that's what I was told. I had to go a lawyer, and it's all business now. And um, it was a time where um, my son was riding his bike backwards. And it was down a dangerous road where there had been two deaths within three months. Mm-hmm. And I had I had um, pulled that up on the computer and I was documenting. And I even emailed X and I said, hey, you know, it's my off from work. I can pick him up, drop him off, and then I pick him up, take him back to your house. 
Mm. So I, <laughs> I had gone to Bass to make sure he got there. I brought him water and a snack, and then I, I left, and I just prayed he would get home safely because I would be the last to know if anything horrible happened. And no parent should have to wonder that. No mm. parent should have to deal with that. And when you go through a divorce and say you do set up a contract, we had it or doing we party. If the third party should enter the picture, don't let them chirp in your ear. Say, no, we're doing the path on the straight and narrow for our children. It's already been um, decided with me and my ex that this is how we're doing things. Thanks for your advice, but we're going to do our thing. It's working. It's yeah. working for our Right. Yeah, I wow. like that. Um, you know, you know, as we, you know, uh, roll, rolled over here, you know, in time here, you know, um, if there was you know, anything, you know, you wanted to drop, um, any conditions you wanted to drop uh, over, you know, and, and before I say, hey, the gut, you got anything, you know, um, you know, you you wanted to say or you you wanted to ask Marianne. Before we, we give, her, give her some final words or thoughts and wisdom home for us tonight? Um, yeah, I would love to uh, I would ask more questions, but they won't be final questions. <laughs> might have to do <laughs> that would definitely lead to more. We might have to bring yeah, you on yeah, again yeah, next definitely. month. You know, um, you know, we were already thinking, uh, like, you know, I know I was thinking, you know, we, I, I know we talked before, Marianne, and, you know, maybe about, maybe about one, one, once a month appearance here, you know, just to keep, keep everybody yeah. informed. And, and just keep this fresh in everybody's head, you know. Uh, so you know we yeah. can, um, like we, you know, we we have people jumping, you know, um, you know, uh, the people have been been on live stream. And I think you know they, they keep keep around more regular here at least a month. You know, that'd be great, you know. So, well, so, thank you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, get some final fun words here, you know, uh, just to part with, and um, you know, and like I said, you know, maybe we can t- discuss maybe having you back, or maybe just coming coming again next month no problem i would like to say that there should be uh compassion not only in the family courtroom along with the video cameras but there should be more compassion and more depth to the judge and also don't judge anyone (laughs) and when you go into a courtroom and you're representing yourself Try to look professional, because remember that lawyer looks professional. And when you're going before a judge, and you are being judged on what you are, where, mm-hmm. and because some of them are old, they're old fashioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I, I bought a silk blazer that was Ralph Lauren at the thrifty shopper for two dollars and fifty cents. Wow! <laughs> so I was really happy it fit really nice. But you know, go in with them that. You know, you can play the game like they can play the game. Mm. And you have to be able to kind of, when you represent yourself, kind of schmooze like they do. Mm. And there's more talk on that topic. Mm. But but to not judge when someone has said, I've been to prison, you know, they would have been at the wrong place at the wrong innocent people sitting in prison as we speak. And this this non-support has got to go. It's got to go. It's destroying families. And I guess I'm going to have to, I guess you with, with, not on that note, I hate to end on that note, but mm-hmm. we've got a somehow legislation and constant hounding of legislation somehow change. 
how these judges come in, how long they stay on that. Not at all. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I guess I would just add to that too, you know, you know, maybe even like, you know, um, if they're up in age, you know, um, maybe even examine them for Alzheimer's and, and, you know, and other, you know, various age related, uh, things because, uh, that, that, that's pretty concerning, you know, just looking at, you know, even, um, what's happening in, you know, in this presidential here, you know, we got two old guys running for president right now and. And I'm a little concerned about that myself. Just mm -hmm. that that's, you know, uh, running our country, and they're, you know, they've been uh, political in their political seats for ages, and um, mm -hmm. and, and they're literally mm -hmm. and they're literally dying in office, uh, and you know, and they're not passing the baton to people with fresh ideas, fresh blood. So uh, yeah, so yeah, I guess that right. I, I would like to add that. So, and I, I I'll tack on to know if if a judge is sick, we need yeah. to know if they're sick. Mm. Um, I don't know if you saw the movie The Judge, but that's a good example. And you can talk a month about my example. <laughs> yeah. but very closely. Thank you so much. Um, uh, tell us the website one more time, and you know um, where we can find you. Where we can find you at? I'm on dismantlingfamilycourtcorruption.com, and that will open up to. It'll say purchase book. You can that and it'll you right. And I've written blog and I just put in a, a really good blog last week that I also put on LinkedIn. And that was about my going to prison after Mother's Day. And um, there's also um, a list of my podcasts on there. As well. Perfect. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Mariana, we appreciate you. Uh, the image of the book uh, up, you know, for those who are watching, uh, the image of the book is up. That's how it looks. You know, um, if you want to take a check, check it out, uh, do, uh, do encourage you to check it out. Uh, we have all those links in the episode description there. Uh, don't forget to, you know, um, play this wonderful recording over and over again. I know uh, there were some difficulties uh, on, on uh, Facebook, um, you know, with the streaming. Uh, uh, I know there was some buffer issues. People were talking about the buffer issues. Um, you know, so, you know, if you had issues, just, you know, when this is over with, just hit the replay button and be able to get this back you, without any um, buffer interruptions. Whatever reason, uh, today uh, <laughs> seems like, you know, uh, I, and we, I, I know what it is. I'm going to, you know, we'll work on it, you know, so uh, next up we are streaming, you know, um, we have these different technology and how it, how it operates with us. Um, but yeah, you can play this back. Uh, if you are watching though, listening, um, I, you guys didn't have any issues. that, that, that goes, goes all fine. So, <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, but do share us with a family friend or someone you love, uh, on Marcus Hart, brother, do you have any, anything? Um, after all, <laughs> uh, everyone just, um, you know, um, stay blessed keep your hands up um there there's always light at the end of the um you, you just have to look for it perfect well said good brother yeah. uh so you guys uh so until next time join us next week tuesday uh, for another amazing episode don't forget to follow us at god Go wisdom on id uh, our network information is also available to transform you network on ig or transform you live on facebook that's transform the letter you live on facebook and on Twitter, 
uh, many blessings, peace, and lots of uh, we are out and checking out. celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. Jump in the VR simulators to ride Santa's jet-powered sleigh or fly over frozen landscape in the Great Glacier Race. Enjoy special deals and discounts at the museum store and cafe every Saturday in December from 3 to 5. And bring your out-of-town friends and family too because admission and parking are free. Celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum. A full list of holiday fun is at usarmymuseum.org. That's usarmymuseum.org.